Hello again and welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. My name is Cody Flannery. I'm one of the associate pastors here on staff. I'm excited that you joined us for worship today and then I'm also excited to be continuing on with this message series called Peeled, where we are looking at the fruits of the Spirit as described in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. And we've been asking this question over the past two weeks. If our life was a piece of fruit and the layers of our lives were peeled back, what would we find? Would we find fruit that is sweet or would we find fruit that is sour? And today we're continuing on with the third fruit of the Spirit, which is peace. And what a time to be talking about something like peace. This subject is so massive and almost feels somewhat elusive, especially in our world right now. So though we can't, we can't cover everything related to this topic, my, my hope is that as we look to the Bible for help, we will better understand how to experience God's peace in our lives, even right now in the midst of extreme uncertainty and turbulence. Before we launch in, I'd like to pray. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for uh, just this opportunity to share your word, God, to um, have our perspectives and our ideas aligned with you. And I just pray that you would speak through me, God. Ask that you would put a guard over my mouth and what would come out would be true. And Lord, it would be a help to people. You'd use it to encourage. You would help us um, lift our sights, God. Uh, as we look around us, there's so many things that want to rob us of peace. But we know that your peace, God, um, is very different. And so we look forward to hearing more about it today. Would you speak right now, I ask, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Let's start by reading that passage in Galatians again. Here, Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and in this chapter, he's comparing the fruit that grows out of the flesh, which is the word that the Bible uses to describe mankind's natural bent toward sin and evil. He's comparing that with the fruits of the Spirit, which are the attitudes and actions that flow from God's Spirit that resides in every Christ follower. Paul begins by describing the fruits of the flesh in verse 19, which are sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. But, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In that last verse, it seems like Paul is actually really offering some hope for Christ followers. He's saying that we have, in a spiritual sense, because of what Christ has done, been able to put to death the attitudes and actions of the flesh and are now empowered by God's spirit to sow to and feed the fruits of his spirit that lives in us. So again, today we're taking a closer look at the spiritual fruit of peace. And there are many different definitions, opinions about what peace is and, and how it's experienced. And I bet like, like me, 
the word peace for you brings up some specific thoughts, feelings, or ideas. Uh, for me, in my current stage of life, as a father of four small kids, I almost immediately attach the word quiet to the word peace. When I think of peace, I think of quiet. In this stage, it seems like you can't have one without the other. And when I think of peace and quiet, I think of specific settings or experiences like this, a secluded beach, warm sand, warm weather, good waves, or something like this, a pristine lake or river, camping, quiet, secluded, or even just this, a cup of coffee, sitting on my front porch, and at the moment, no one needs me. For my wife, and I imagine for many moms of young kids out there, peace may be simply some uninterrupted time where you can also just sit and have some alone time. Maybe a clean house, a book, a cup of coffee, or tea. And again, at the moment, no one needs anything from you. What about you? What typically comes to mind when you think about the word peace? For some of the guys, it may be this. Doing a project or a repair in the garage on a car. For some others, it might be this. Taking a run, just getting out, hitting the road, clearing your head, and that is peace. When thinking about peace, it also doesn't take long before I'm thinking about what is not peaceful in my life right now. Whether it's relationships, there's things at work, uh, parenting or marriage, finances and planning for the future. What about just the last about five months? We probably all agree that peace might just be anything that doesn't resemble this. We're living through one of the most uncertain turbulent, conflict-ridden times in our lifetime, and for the world at large, peace probably feels pretty scarce. So let's do some comparing of our own. Let's look at what the world says peace is, and then let's compare that with what the Bible says peace is. And we'll see if those two match up. Here's what Webster's Dictionary defines peace as. First, freedom or a period of freedom from public disturbance or war. Two, a quiet and calm state of mind. Three, agreement and harmony among people. Four, an agreement to end a war. Um, by this very definition, it, it seems pretty unrealistic that anyone could be experiencing peace right now. But... That's why the peace that this passage in Galatians is referring to and the peace that's spoken of all throughout the Bible is so incredibly different. Let's take a look at a couple of passages, and these are just a couple of many. The Bible has a lot to say about this area. This is what Jesus said about peace in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's clear from this passage that, again, the peace that Jesus offers, that the Bible is talking about, is not the same as the peace the world offers. Jesus said, I do not give to you as the world gives. Only a couple of chapters later, Jesus says this about peace. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John chapter 16, verse 33. In this passage, Jesus' disciples recently had just gained kind of a clear understanding of who Jesus really is. And in that realization, they came to this understanding that he knows all things. And it was in their belief that Jesus was able to offer them this hope of peace, despite the trouble they'll face in this world. So let's go back real quick and look at what uh, Merriam-Webster has to say about peace. Peace is freedom or a period of freedom from public disturbance or war, a quiet, calm state of mind, agreement and harmony among people, an agreement to end war. Though we'd agree that these are all good things, they lack something crucial. Can you guess what that is? It's longevity. What the world offers in the way of peace is totally dependent on external circumstances. And again, we are living through one of the most uncertain, turbulent, and conflict-ridden times in our lifetime. And our current circumstances are not good right now. Yet, are you at peace? Could you honestly say you feel at peace? And I'd actually like us to take just a brief moment to answer that question honestly for ourselves right now. Are you at peace? So we've identified that there is this huge disconnect between what the world calls peace and this fruit of the Spirit called peace that both Jesus and Paul are describing. Personally, I want what the Bible is describing. So as we go on, I'd like to dig into a few more passages in hopes of answering the following three questions. First, how do we get God's peace? Second, how do we live God's peace? How do we experience God's peace in our daily lives? And then finally, how do we give God's peace? How can we be peace to those around us? So how do we get God's peace? Well, we get God's peace by believing in God's Son. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. For us to get God's peace, we must first put our faith in his son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. The Bible is clear that 
the relationship between God and mankind has been severed by sin, by this sinful nature of mankind and its fruits, as described in Galatians 5. And the only way that this relationship can be restored is through the sacrificial death of God's Son, Jesus, on behalf of sinful humanity and his historical resurrection from the dead where he displayed his power and dominion over death and the grave and his ability to restore this broken relationship for all time. Another passage from Ephesians puts it this way. Ephesians 2, 13 through 18 says, But now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. Paul is describing this barrier um, between God's chosen people, the Israelites, and then the Gentiles, which is just every other nation of the world. His, speaking of God and, and Jesus Christ, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you, who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And what a cool truth to be reminded of right now. Not only is Jesus how we get God's peace, the scripture says that Jesus himself is our peace. If you're new to exploring faith in Jesus, and we'd like to learn more about what it means to commit your life to Jesus Christ. Uh, go ahead and write that on your connection card. Leave a comment, or there's also a box that says, contact me about clarifying what it means to be a Christian. We would love the chance to connect with you and help you take your next step with Jesus. And so now we, now we know how we get God's peace. The only way is to put our faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So now let's look at how do we live God's peace? Really, how do we experience God's peace in life? Well, we obey God's word. You live God's peace by obeying God's word. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Then verse 25 says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I love this passage from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. You, speaking of God, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. It seems that the scripture would say there is this direct connection between obeying God's commands, keeping our minds fixed on him, and our ability to actually experience God's blessing and his peace. Check out this passage that Pastor Josh referred to last week. Philippians 4, 6-9 says, Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. This is such a struggle though. It is a constant battle for me to keep my thinking headed in the right direction. Because of my expectations, my opinions, my inconveniences, frustrations, and then there's fear and anxiety and worry. All of these things we're experiencing right now, especially in our current cultural climate. Through this season, it's been hard not to just swing from one extreme perspective to the next. Anyone else been doing the social media pendulum swing? It's amazing how you can go through a whole range of emotions and perspectives in just like 10 minutes on social media. And when I read these passages of scripture, the pendulum swing does not jive with this perfect peace that's being offered to me as I try and walk with Christ. So in order to experience or live God's peace and not experience this kind of, you know, swinging from different extremes, we must remain tethered to Jesus Christ through daily obedience to his word and the leading of our minds to think on things that are worthwhile and that are pleasing to him. Again, Isaiah 26 verses 3 and 4 say, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Finally, now that we understand how we get God's peace, and that is through faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ, and how we live God's peace and experience it in our lives, which is by obeying God's word, leading our minds to think about the things that please him. Now, how do we give God's word? How can we be peace to those around us? How can we give peace? Well, we share God's message. Another incredible component of God's peace that sets it apart from the peace the world offers is God's peace is on the move. It is always reaching out to others who have yet to experience it. And Paul, again in a different letter to the Ephesian church, He describes a key piece of the armor of God. And again, this is a spiritual resource available to Christ's followers. And one of those pieces is, he says, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is this piece of armor that Paul is describing in Ephesians chapter 6. We have the incredible privilege of bringing this message of peace to the world around us. Because in all actuality, though the fruits of the Spirit in us bring blessing to our lives, they aren't for us. The spiritual fruit that God allows to grow out of us is to be enjoyed and experienced by others. 
for most of us, before we ourselves responded in faith to Jesus Christ, we got a taste of spiritual fruit growing out of someone else's life. And right now, more than ever, people need lasting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's been so encouraging in this season to hear so many stories of OCCers sharing God's message during this very difficult season. And people are responding and taking their next steps with Jesus. We've had at least five people commit their lives to follow Jesus over the past several months. And that's happened through relational sharing of God's story and teaming together amongst our church body. Keep it up. And I'm sure if you've participated in this, taking part in watching someone explore God's truth and actually take their next step with Jesus is one of the most energizing and life-giving things we can do here on earth. That feeling that you get when you're sharing God's story is God's spirit is just shouting, yes, this is what it's all about. Our peace in life does not have to be determined by our external circumstances. The peace that's offered to us by the world is temporal and is dependent on the circumstances you find yourself in. But the peace of God, this peace that surpasses human understanding, is eternal and is dependent on who God is. Now, a lot more could be said about this area of peace, and I would encourage you to dig into the scripture for yourself this week to learn more about how to get God's peace, how to live God's peace, and then how to give God's peace. I hope this has been helpful for you. And as I close our time this morning, I'd like to ask you to consider taking uh, one or more next steps. First, maybe you have yet to make peace with God. Consider taking your next step with Jesus. Again, if, if you're here and you'd say you're still exploring what it means to become a Christ follower, I'd encourage you, check that box on your connection card. Or just send us an email, send us a message. Uh, we'd love the opportunity to follow up with you and help you identify your next step. Next, I encourage you to commit to memory that passage from the book of Isaiah that we referenced a few times. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And finally, pray for an opportunity to share God's story this week. Maybe you can identify a friend, co-worker, or neighbor who could really use God's peace right now. Share his peace by sharing the story of the new life that you have found in Jesus Christ. The world is desperate for the peace that we have found in him. I'm really glad that you joined us today. I'd like to pray as we close. Father, I just thank you again for the truth of your word and for the way it brings comfort, it brings help, 
And it does bring peace, regardless of the circumstances around us. I pray that you would um, help us to be beacons of this peace right now to the world around us, to our friends, to our neighbors, coworkers, family. God, we pray for opportunities to share your story with others, that the hope that we, re- we have received would continue to just be on the move and be carried uh, into new homes, into new communities, uh, into new workplaces. We just ask for your help to do that, God. And we thank you so much again for the time to gather, to worship you, and to hear from your word. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.